0: All right, well, welcome to Faith Church. Glad you're with us today. Uh, Whether you're in the room or watching online, we're really glad that you're with us. If you're watching online, would you do us a favor? If you're watching on Facebook, just kind of put your name in the chat. Uh, We want to go back and pray for you this week. And if you're watching on YouTube or church online, maybe just snap a picture and uh, share it on social media. But if you would just tag us as as a church, we want to go back this week and pray for each of you by name. We know you're watching and you're a part of our family and we are all faith church in this together and really glad that you're tuning in. And uh, if you've got a Bible, would you join me in Acts chapter 6? Acts chapter 6, you can turn the page or click there if you need to. Uh, Acts 6, as a church, over the last couple of years, we've kind of begun to um, just study books of the Bible together. Kind of pick a book and kind of walk it through and teach it through and explore the things that it's teaching and learning together. And we've been walking through the book of Acts and... There's some things that we're discovering about the early church, the birth of Jesus' church here in the book of Acts. and Some of the things that we're seeing and discovering is that the early church was filled with the Holy Spirit individually. They were being formed in the ways of the Spirit. We see in the early church that they prioritized gathering in large groups and gathering in smaller groups in homes. In fact, uh, here at Faith Church, we, we love to do that too. We love to gather in larger environments like this. We also love to create a few smaller gatherings where you can engage and connect and discuss and learn and grow. We call those connect groups. You saw a promo at the top of the service for groups. The, the groups are launching again in the next couple weeks. And so uh, you can go look at the group's directory online right now. And uh, it's out there. You can see the different groups that are available. And I want to challenge you, encourage you uh, to join a group, to find a group to connect into. Uh, the early church saw healings and miracles. They saw many converts and baptisms. The early church had a priority for prayer. Uh, In fact, this Wednesday as a church, every first Wednesday, we gather for prayer. Um, This is not something new that we just kind of come up with on our own, these things. No, what we do often as a gathered people, we prioritize because that's what the church has always done. It just so happens our rhythm to gather for corporate prayer is the first Wednesday of every month that's coming up in just a few days, seven o'clock. Here in this space, we're going to gather, we're going to worship, we're going to pray, we're just going to seek God and just soak in His presence together. And so I want to encourage you to begin a pattern of prioritizing prayer. And First Wednesday is a great, great thing to do. Another thing that we see from the early church that we've kind of already begun to see, even, even last week, that man, they, they really saw some persecution They really saw some trouble come their way. They saw some pressure from culture and from other leaders. They had growing pains. And their leaders, get this, weren't perfect. The disciples and those who were organizing and leading the way, they weren't weren't perfect. But they were in pursuit of Jesus' vision for their lives and for this thing that we call the church. And today we're going to look at some of the pains that they experienced in the being a gathered people, in getting people in a room that had different opinions and different thoughts and different needs and different backgrounds, how there was tension, and it created some problems. We're going to see what they did to lead and go through those problems and discuss what those are. So today I want to talk to you a little bit from the subject of growing Pains, growing pains. Let's get to the scripture, Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 1. This is what the the word says. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers, and they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the Word of God, not running a food program. So brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the Word. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Philip. Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them and laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted To What a powerful thought there. One of the things that I want us to see in this text is that growth wasn't something to be stopped, but rather to be steward. They didn't stop the growth. They didn't be like, whoa, 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 whoa. okay, we've got some problems, Let's just split apart. Let's just stop growing as a church. Let's, I think we've got enough. We're good enough. Let's just settle right here. No, no. They didn't try to stop things from growing. They rather adjusted their approach so they could steward the growth better. So they could steward what was happening in their midst. So that they could help uh, identify better ways for it to be fruitful. And as a result of their changes, as a reju- result of their restructuring, as a result of some systems that they put into place, so, some the right people getting into the right spot and role, what, what happened? More growth began to occur. It, it continued to, to grow more and more. I, I, I really want you to, to, to hear my heart we really recognize here at Faith Church that this is a growing body and a growing family. And we're really okay with that. And if you're like, I just really like a small church and I really just want to know everybody and be with everybody and kumbaya moments all the time, this is probably not your church. It's not that we don't believe that you should have a relationship. Oh, I think you need relationships. This is why we do connect groups. In other words, let me say it this way. I don't think you need to know everybody. Because most of the time when we say, well, I just want to know everybody, what we mean is we want to be nosy. We want to get up in everybody's business. We want to know all the gossip about their lives. Frankly, that's not biblical. You can know somebody's name and not know them. You can be familiar and friendly with everybody, but it doesn't mean everybody is all up in your kitchen all the time. We we say it like this, that we, we believe faith church is a space where we can grow larger and grow smaller at the same time. This is why we have connect groups, gatherings in large groups, but then you can get in smaller gatherings and really begin to connect and build and know other people. We don't think you need to know everybody. But we do think that everybody needs to be known by somebody. And this is part of what a growing church and family looks like. And and they didn't try to stop the growth. No, they reorganized and restructured and realigned some systematic ways so that it can keep growing. Uh, In other words, they had to reorganize as an organization. There is nothing wrong with organization. Some of you who aren't very administrative or organized in your life will like, well, I just don't work that way. I'm much more of a free spirit. Well, bless your heart. You're driving people in your life nuts. Here's the deal. When there is organization, that means there is some order. Don't miss this. Where there is not order, you are only left to create disorder. Scripture says that where there is disorder, there is confusion, chaos, and every evil work of the enemy. When you are living in disorder, you are one step away from division. One step away from walking in disunity. Sometimes what we call order, others want to call control. I don't think that's a good thing either. What some people, what the Bible would call structure, some people would call overbearing. I don't think that those are the same. And I think the issue isn't the structure, it's the health behind the structure. The issue isn't the the system and the organization. It's the healthy people who are operating in the system. Why? Because uh, healthy things grow. The early church did not focus on growth. They focused on being healthy. They focused not on growing numbers and gathering large groups and just entertaining people. No, they focused on being faithful to Jesus' vision for their life. They focused on being healthy followers and apprentices of God. When you focus on being healthy, healthy things will grow automatically. They're going to grow out of Business owners, if you want to see your business grow, focus on it being healthy, not big. If you want to see... Your finances grow. Focus on some structures, some systems, so that you can manage it healthy, and you'll see it grow. When we talk about things focusing on health, I think it's good for us to recognize that healthy things come back to good stewardship. Growth wasn't something the early church tried to stop. It was something they recognized. Wait a second. This is in our hands. We need to steward it well. We need to steward people well. We need to steward spirituality of these people well. Well, we need to steward taking care of their practical needs. Well, we need to steward somebody who knows their name and can lead them and, and the right, having enough spaces for people to gather for the communion meal so that it can grow. Friends, good stewardship is essential to good spirituality. Stewardship is an issue that we all need to recognize is a part in which we all play for our own individual lives. Good stewardship is not about maintaining something. Hear me. Good stewardship is not having control over something. Good stewardship is about allowing healthy things to be fruitful and grow. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells a parable about uh, three stewards gives them each something to handle that belongs to Him. And when He comes back, He's going to hold them accountable. Listen to me. Anything that is in your care is yours to steward. And you, uh, as a steward, will be held accountable for all God has placed into your life. All of it. Which is a pastor that frightens the fire out of me. Because on some level, I am accountable to God for your spiritual growth. Now, there's a lot of part you got to play in that. But if I'm not teaching the Word correctly, if I'm not challenging you to the truth of what God's Word is, if I'm not helping equip you to grow, if I'm not uh, doing my part so that you can steward, that's on me. But it's also on you. This is a partnership together to see our lives, our lives grow and our lives flourish. And in Matthew 25, when this parable of the steward was coming along, Jesus uh, tells the story that the, the, the owner comes back, and he looks at them, and, and two of the stewards had multiplied, had seen growth in what they were given to steward. One of them just maintained, and he called him wicked. In other words, in our lives, if we are not growing Becoming more fruitful, more faithful in our life and relationship to Jesus, there is a potential that there is wickedness at play there's something going on that is causing health to not flourish, causing some things in your life to not to not grow, to not be fruitful and the the sad thing about um, this parable is that the one who did not steward well what was theirs was taken from them and given to somebody else you have an assignment from God you have a role in and contribution to bring to the family of God bring to to the community in which you live and if if you are not able or willing to steward your assignment well God will find someone else who will talk about another element of this that strikes fear into my heart God loves His church and His people so much that if the leaders and the main stewards are not doing a good job, He'll find somebody else. Friends, the early church was coming to a place where they were focusing on seeing healthiness grow, where they're, they're focusing on the mission of Jesus. The people were being saved and healed and baptized and, 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 and commissioned to go, but there, was, there were some things that were challenging that growth. There were some, some pain things. There were some, some, some things that started to show up as unhealthy and unhelpful, and they didn't shy away from it. They didn't pretend like it wasn't there. They didn't just keep going. They made some, they made some adjustments, they continue to find things grow. Listen, can I, can I encourage you with something? Um, for you as a parent, if your children aren't physically developing and growing, like that's a point where you stop and say, I wonder if we should get that checked out. Right? They, they should have grown by this. They should have developed in this area. But they're not developing right now. Something is not developing correctly. Let's go talk to someone who is more wise and understanding. Let's go talk to a doctor and figure out if something internally or maybe externally is causing them to not grow in a healthy way. That's good parenting. That's being loving. That's being kind. That's that's good stewardship. Parents, when was the last time you took an examination of your spiritual life with God and said, um have I grown malnourished in an area of my life? Are there some things not healthy about my faith that's causing me to stop growing? Because healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. And in every season, some of the external things of our life changes, and that's okay, but the reality is, the invitation of the Lord is still the same. That in Him, we can grow and find our purpose and our growth. And Man, we want to find that vision for Jesus, vision of Jesus for our lives so that we can develop and grow in those ways. We want to focus on being healthy. The same is true as a church. Like, as a church, man, we... We want to recognize the vision that Jesus has for us, and we want to steward that vision in a way that is healthy so that it continues to flourish and grow and progress. We, we as a church, we have uh, systems, we have structures, we have, we have vision. What, one of our uh, structures as a church is that we are a, a senior pastor-led, elder-supported staff and volunteer-operated family, right, right, where we are equipping the family to minister to the family. This is God's design for His church from the very beginning of time. That, that the family would take care of the family, that, that we would care one for another, that, that we would recognize that we're not called to be consumers, but we're actually called to contribute ministering to one another. Caring for one, leading and discipling and growing with one another. And, and and everything that we do as a church, our staff structure is aligned so that we look at the gifts and the abilities of, the, of our team and saying, are they overseeing and leading the ministries that they're supposed to based on their gifting? So, so that there's proper ministry occurring within that area of our church. Everything that we're doing as an eldership team and and in our budgeting and in our planning is, is we're, we're looking at the systems and the structures that we have in place to make sure we aren't limiting the health that God is trying to create and cultivate within us. Every, we believe that, that there's a vision that he's called us to, something unique about our church that he says, this is the expression of the global body, and I want it to look like this through these people. Like we have some big visions, some things that we constantly are looking at. As we're planning, we're not planning for where we're at now. We're planning for the vision of what we think God is leading us to in the future. We said several years ago that one of the things that we really believe strongly is that, um, that, that we're going to see the Lord grow our family and grow our church to where it's about 1,000 people on a weekend. We're not focusing on getting more people in the building. We're continually looking at are we healthy? in what we have right now. Because when you're faithful to steward, to create health in what you have now, God says he'll always bring more and growth on the other side of that. So when we're talking about space and building and things, we're not thinking about what do we need right now, we're thinking about what do we need then. That's good stewardship. We really do believe that, that, that God is moving us towards creating life-giving gatherings in every rural area within 200 miles of faith church. When I say faith gatherings, I'm talking about those of you watching online who don't have a life-giving church around you that you can get to but you can stream our service in and begin to create a small space where others around you can grow and connect in their faith, following Jesus faithfully too. There are people that cannot drive here on the weekend, but man, they can walk next door to a neighbor's house and they can encounter Jesus, have communion together, and grow in their faith. And everything that we're doing as a church is behind the scenes and our leadership is looking and making sure that we're training up and we're moving in this direction, that it can scale and it can do those things, that it can translate there, like like our connect groups are, are are aligning in such a way that it could facilitate that kind of a thing. Because here's the deal. When something is healthy and it starts to grow, it has to have the right structure to help support that growth. Ever seen uh, any of your, your kids, your teenagers, uh, as their body starts to grow, they start having what's called growing pains. Where, like, all of a sudden, I'm they're like, my legs, they're hurting. Like, what did you do? Nothing, it just hurts. Oh, you're growing. Congratulations. Can't help you. You're on your own. Right? Like, certain pains come with the, the stretching and the, and the growth. Like, that has to, to develop. I, I, I believe that God when he looks for faithful stewards who are doing things in a healthy way, is looking for people who are already making preparations for the next. In other words, there's some preparation that needs to happen now for what's happening then. There has to be some training that's happening now so that it's ready then. You're not going to walk out the door tomorrow and have a harvest waiting for you as a farmer. No, no, there was some planting some soil prep some work some things that you had to do before that moment to get to the moment of the harvest it's always like some of us want to see our relationship with god just be like amazing and alive and flourishing and thriving but you ain't willing to open your bible tomorrow morning and spend some time reading god's word it doesn't happen osmosisly it doesn't happen because you have a good pastor Oh, like i love my pastor that's not going to make you grow. Like, you have to prep and plant. You got you to gotta do a part in it. We, at the end of the day, you have to look at what is being produced in your life. And if you want different crops, you got to plant different seeds. If you want your marriage to be healthier than it is right now, you have to do something different to help it become healthier than it is right now. I know it sounds really, really simple and really, really basic. But if you want a thriving relationship with Jesus, you've got to do some things now that'll get you to that point then. And this is why I'm talking about why as a church, man, we're trying to focus on health and growth and what's in the future because we want to begin today with the end in mind later. We're trying to do that. Are you doing that in your own finances now are you doing that in your relationships now are you doing that in your spirituality now begin now planting seeds for the harvest you want tomorrow for the things that you want to see happen tomorrow and oftentimes as we're beginning to grow and as we're beginning to develop as we're beginning to mature in our faith things begin to stall out and progress seems to stop and halt and the disciples in the early church were finding themselves in this place where, where all of a sudden it was growing, 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 and now all they're getting are grumblings and complaining. All they're getting now are problems, it feels like. Well, they had to start shifting something. They start realigning something. They had, had to start moving something. Your life, your faith, your spiritual growth, if it has stalled, you need to make a shift and change your systems and your structure. In other words, you are right now experiencing the harvest of everything you planted in the season before. Everything. When I, when I talk about systems, I'm not talking about like, um, let me say what a system is. A system is a predetermined set of steps to help you deliver consistently on an outcome. Um, and we all have systems. You have systems in your life. Some of you need more systems in your life, like consistent ways of doing some things. Uh, how many of you, just quick show of hands, um, how many of you have a place that you charge your phone every night? Are they real? Okay, yeah, yeah. How many of you know when your charger goes missing and you start hounding a teenager, like, where did you take my? That's my charger. You put my charger back, right? How many of you, quick show of hands, have a place where you put your keys every day? Yeah, yeah. Why? Because you've had to look for your keys before, and you don't like that feeling. Really? It's just a repeated pattern of doing something. In our spiritual lives, the health, the growth, the flourishing of our spiritual lives, it is the sum total of the systematic, repeated steps that we've been taking in our lives to get to that point. In other words, you are completely experiencing the relationship with God that you have created and that you have cultivated, that you have pursued that you have put into and that you've invested into or the lack thereof. And God longs to be with you. It's his power and his spirit that comes along. It's, He's the one that really brings increase in those things. But man, oh man, oh man. Has your relationship with God grown stale? Go back and look at the steps you were supposed to take but you didn't take. Were you supposed to get baptized and you haven't done it? Stewardship, when it comes to our relationship with God, is seen in the word obedience. Have you obeyed the last thing God asked you to do? Has it grown stale? Have you at a point where you're experiencing some pain of growth where, like, you have, you like, every day, I read the verse of the day in the Bible app and I watched the little story and I did the guided prayers. Fantastic. If you've been doing that for a while, but you feel like your spiritual growth isn't growing, do something different. Change the metabolism of your spiritual life. Maybe instead of one verse, you start reading one chapter and you take some steps. Take some steps. Take some steps so that you don't grow stagnant and you can stay healthy because God is after a healthy relationship with you, he wants you to have a healthy relationship with Him, he wants your spiritual life to flourish and grow. And it's not about do's and don'ts and earning this and earning that. And it's, no, 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 you're missing the point. It's a continual partnership because <laughs> sometimes there are spiritual issues, And sometimes they're just practical. It's just practical. Because practical things impact spiritual things. I told my wife just this morning, just realizing that I've been really distracted, especially in my mornings, realizing that for me lately, I've been really, really um, distracting myself even throughout the day because there are just some stress, some worries, and some anxieties that I'm not dealing with really well. So I've just kind of been avoiding them. Any, like, chronic avoiders out there? No, don't raise your hand. That, that would, you wouldn't do it anyways. You're avoiding the question. I get you. <laughs> and I told her today, I said, I, I don't know what it's going to look like yet, but I'm committed to making some changes and some shifts. I need to restructure my mornings because there are some things that I'm not seeing grow and develop in my life that I know God needs me to grow and develop in my life. What's it for you? What what, what is it for you? What, What are the things that you know you need to adjust and do and move around so that you can move in that way? But here's what I do know, is that when you focus on being healthy, you'll start to grow. And when you start to grow in your relationship with God, and when a church begins to grow, there are growing pains. And growth will bring problems and growing pains. And there are some problems that you must solve, but most of them are tensions that you just have to keep managing. In your own life, in your relationships, like as your family dynamic grows— as your kids begin to be healthy and grow and grow in their endeavors and grow in their, your structure as a family and scheduling, that has to shift and change. Uh, I use this example in the, in the, in the first. Uh, as your teenagers begin to drive and wanting to drive, it's because their social lives are wanting to increase and grow. And most of the time, that's a healthy thing. But that's a problem. The problem in our hopes was that we, we had too many drivers and too many schedules and not enough cars. That's a problem. What do we do? Well, let's get another car. We got another car. You know what? We got more problems now. There's more maintenance, more gas, more expensive insurance. Come on. More property taxes? Jesus, help us. Like, there are some elements in your life as you grow and flourish, as a church grows and flourish, as a business grows and as a community grows and flourishes because it's getting healthy. Listen, there are growing pains. And those pains aren't always problems you solve. They're just new tensions that you manage. They're just some tensions that you have to manage and learn how to manage in a wise way. Here was the growing pains for the early church. Here was the the problem that they were faced with that created an opportunity for a new tension to manage. Here was was their pain. The religious leaders were jealous and were being critical of them. People were being overlooked and not ministered to. And leaders were operating out of their gifting. Not, Not in their gifting but in a role that they weren't gifted to operate in. That was the problem. And it was creating this tension. It was creating a tension. And so much of it was just this growth that was happening. People were finding out about it. And there was more buzz and more criticism and more scrutiny and people who didn't understand and were accusing of, of things that weren't true. And all of this was happening. And then all the while, they were recognizing there were, there were these widows Who only speak Greek they didn't speak Hebrew and as a result they're sitting there like not getting the proper um, resource to meet their need which was the desire of the church to meet the need and they weren't they weren't able to speak that language and they were having trouble communicating together and as a result of not being able to communicate together they they got shortchanged on their needs and some of their needs weren't being met and they got a little bit offended and disgruntled and started to complain And the church was dealing with this tension, this, this problem of growth. There were so many of a different variety, a different walk of life, and they needed ministry. They needed care. They needed support. This could have caused the church to split and create, create division. But instead, the leaders saw it as an opportunity to grow some more, and they adjusted a the system. And they looked for a way to not solve the problem but manage the tension. As a church, we, over the years, we've grown. And as a church, we've, we've continually had to shift some of our, our systems, some of the things that we do to help facilitate ministry to people. Because it's not really people- it's not really like practical problems, it's really about people. Stewardship really isn't about things, it's about people. God is trying to trust you with things because he really wants to trust you with people, with, with ministry to, to people. And so the, they were in this space, and, and over, over the years we, we've run into some practical problems that sometimes can limit the, the healthiness of, of our environment. Like, like um, I remember uh, early on uh, we started to grow and we ran out of parking. So you know what we did? We added more gravel and expanded our parking lot. But that created more problems because that meant more cars could park there. And in the process some of you have forgotten how to park properly if you don't have lines to tell you exactly where you fit. You decide to take up one space, and then someone decides, I'm going to leave a little bit more space. And y'all, without proper lines, have lost your ever-loving mind. And in Southeast Kansas, the bigger the truck thinks you think that means you can do whatever you want. Sorry, I'm working on some inner health. Uh, be okay. And some of you were parking in a way that led, man, if you would have parked like you had some sense and we're considerate of other people, we could have fit three more cars right there. Three people were going to hell because you didn't know how to park properly. (laughs) We didn't really have the funds to paint lines. Painting lines on gravel is pointless. (laughs) So you know what we decided? Here's an opportunity for people who are willing to smile regardless of what the weather is to wave and to create an environments so that you feel loved, seen, and known and love to tell people what to do. You, with that truck, here, come close, right? This is your lane, right here. No, no, come up. No, no, come this way, right here. And they love telling people what to do and they can wave and smile because they you can't hear them uh, saying what they really are thinking and they can just like tell you where to park and we're able to get more cars and more spaces because we have people who are gifted and able and organized and structured and can see some things and solve. Attention that we have. I love our parking team. Can we give them a hand and just tell them that we love them? <laughs> Helping y'all look not like a fool and your pastor keeping calm and loving. I'm just saying I love them. Right? Like tensions, we can't solve that problem forever. It's a tension that we manage. And in structuring it correctly, we've allowed it to grow and flourish even more. You know what the, what the solution was for the early church? It wasn't, you know what we ought to do? We ought to stop meeting needs of these widows. You know what the solution wasn't? It wasn't, why don't we have a Hebrew-speaking congregation and a Greek-speaking congregation? That wasn't the solution. You know what the, the solution was? Let's find somebody who's better with money than Peter and let him solve it. Because the tables weren't really tables where they were serving food. The tables were tables where they were distributing money to the people so the people could go get food. And it wasn't really about money. It was about people getting ministered to. Because at the heart of it was people. Here was the solution. They focused on aligning roles with giftings And they found faithful partners who were willing to carry responsibilities. Acts 6, 2 through 4. So the 12 called a meeting amongst all the believers. And they said, we apostles shouldn't spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. It wasn't that the food program was bad. It was that they weren't really good at running a food program. So let's select seven men who are well-respected, full of the Spirit, and wise, let's give them the responsibility. What did they do? They equipped members to minister to the body. That's what they did. Then we apostles can invest our time into what only we can do, and that's pray and teach the words of Jesus because we were there to hear the words of Jesus. And they aligned with their giftings. Growing pains always create opportunities. Always does. Where are you experiencing pain in your spiritual life? What, what is the tensions that are being created within you where, where all of a sudden you know, I, I, I want to I go to a connect group, but man, it's just busy and this and that. Somewhere you have to adjust the system if you're going to stay healthy. Somewhere you, you know, man, God is... There's an opportunity and I really want to get involved and I really want to serve and I really want to grow in my relationship with God. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, one of the areas that helps you mature is carrying responsibilities. If your children are growing more entitled, they don't need less responsibility. They need more. See, when you learn to carry a responsibility, you learn and you have an opportunity to grow and mature. And some of us never grow in our spiritual lives because we've never stepped up and said, let me carry some responsibility in the family. Let me carry some responsibility to grow and serve and to be a part. It wasn't that it was growing too much. It wasn't that it required too much commitment. The problem was people were being missed in ministry. So you know what they needed? More people to do ministry. That was was it. That was what the Spirit was leading them to do. God is looking for people with the right character that he can trust with responsibilities in his kingdom and his family. Again and again, and this part of your development, your growth, and if you have stalled in your spiritual growth, it's often in this area. They weren't asking people to just do a task. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Do this handle the money. Change it around. You speak Greek. Uh, you Do this. Because all of the men that they selected, all of the men that they selected all spoke the right languages. Both languages. So they could understand what was being said, really discern the need, and were good with the money, and could help make sure it got distributed correctly. That's, that was who they were. That was what they were but they were looking for somebody to carry a responsibility, not just do a thing. See, when we just show up or in our lives, if we're just trying to do things, we'll check some boxes, but we won't flourish. See, the difference between a task and a responsibility is when you carry a responsibility, it's not that you don't do the task, it's that you understand that the task is really about the people behind the task. It's, it's the difference between somebody who works at a store and doesn't care if there's trash on the floor. It's not their job. Their only job is to do this task. But when you start to operate, when you recognize your responsibility isn't to do the task or a job, your responsibility is to help people have a great experience. Your responsibility is to help serve the customer. Then your attitude changes. It's not about, well, that's not really my job, that was somebody else's problem, they didn't do their task. No, no, no. You recognize, I'm actually here on assignment to serve a person. We don't have people in kids ministry because we don't have people in kids, they're not up in kids ministry and you're like well let me read you the script because this is what we're talking about today no they do because they love the kids and they want to minister to the kids they're not opening doors for you saying good morning because we told them to open doors for you and say good morning they're not just doing a task they're ministering to you as a person let me break it down for you we don't have m- mingle time in the middle of this service just because we need a smooth transition to get the worship team off the stage and the podium up here. It's a great opportunity for it. Two birds, one stone. It's good opportunities. You know why we we mingle in the middle of our service? So that you can practice looking someone else that is different than you in the eye and telling them good morning, it's good to see you. Because if you can do it here, you can do it out there. If you can do it with a fellow brother and sister who loves Jesus, you can do it with the heathen next door that you want to say some other things to instead. You are practicing the way of Jesus in here so that you are confident to do it out there. Are we tracking? Like, we don't, we're not asking you to serve on a team at church because, like, we're desperate. Oh my gosh. We just need you to fill a spot. Please, please, someone comes, someone comes. No, no. We, We want you to go through growth track. We want you to discover what your gifts and abilities are, and we want to help you find a team where you can do that. Not because we just need you to do a task, but we want you to cultivate an understanding that everything that you do is about people it's a stewardship and as you carry a responsibility in some ministry within the family and the house of God you're going to be better equipped to serve God out there carrying the responsibility and the assignment that he's called for you there it's giving you an opportunity to mature and grow in your faith as you serve God and listen if serving is beneath you influence is beyond you and it's easy to 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 see in this space, like, well, the church they've got they've got they got plenty of people. I don't I don't need to I don't need, I don't need to do that. I mean, they had somebody park in the car. They don't need more people. That might be true. In this moment, we're not in crisis, but we're actually in preparation for what's coming later. And if you if we're not preparing now, it'll cripple us later. We want to train you now to be a small group leader for kids because we have more kids who need to hear about Jesus in the future. You don't want just anyone hopping in a combine to help you harvest. You don't want me in your combine harvesting today. You don't want it. I ain't prepared. I ain't trained. I am not equipped. I will make a mess of the harvest. Hear me. Many churches make a mess. The people that God has entrusted to them because there wasn't preparation made ahead of time it, it, they weren't ready for what God was willing to send them we want to be good stewards listen not to try and grow a big church you heard me say it before we're not trying to grow a big church we're trying to grow big people with big faith in Jesus who serve a big trying to be large. We're trying to be healthy. And when we invite you to serve and to grow and connect groups, you know what we're asking you to do? We want to help you become healthy. And we want to steward what God has given us to steward. And I want you to be able to steward what God has given you to steward in your life, in your family, in your relationships, in your spiritual life. He's placed you in. Brother, isn't something to be upset or frustrated about. Well, there's growing pains. There's things that, man, we're not doing real good right now. There are things that, man, we can, we can, we can steward better. But some of the reasons why we're not stewarding them better is because we don't have the people in place. who are here are serving in seven different areas. And and our, our desire is to see you find an area to go all in with and to grow in to help develop and mature because there are people who need to meet Jesus and we as a family get to serve them together. Amen? Would you stand with me? I know there are some notes and things that I didn't get to, but you heard what you needed to hear today. Amen. Would you, would you bow your heads and close your eyes for, for a minute? Would you simply ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying to me? Maybe ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, where have I stalled in my spiritual life? The steps that I need to take to restructure, to shift the system. Whatever it is, would you just hold that before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to obey and be a good steward of the life that you've blessed me with. The family that you've given to me. The body of believers that you've planted me in. Jesus, we want to be faithful to minister one to another, to be members of the body who minister to each other. Caring and loving and serving. So Lord, would you help us to do that faithfully, ongoingly, with perseverance and in a way that is continually taking steps to be more and more healthy as we do? We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I really hope today's message was life-giving. As a church, we want to help you encounter God and take another next step in your allegiance to Jesus. I want to ask you to take a step right now, in fact. Would you just share this message with a friend maybe post it on your social text a coworker the link just be sure to include something that you learned or how it impacted you personally when you do that you get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in someone else and don't forget to visit our central hub faithchurchks.org you'll find other next steps that you can take in your faith including giving and partnership with us as we help others in encounter jesus like you've encountered him hey we love you and until we get to hang out again remember don't shrink back from your faithful allegiance to king jesus